0: Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side
1: of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the september 22nd edition of the sunny side of sports let's kick off with african men's football the black stars of ghana will go against five-time world cup champion brazil friday in a high profile friendly match in france both teams are using the friendly to warm up for the 2022 fifa world cup in qatar Ghana will be in Group H at the World Cup, along with Portugal. Uruguay, and South Korea. And Brazil is in Group G, along with Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. For a preview of the Ghana-Brazil friendly, Quabena Quicksilver Ofori called Le Havre, France, where he reached Ghanaian football reporter Dominique Dungo. You
2: know, the black stars are facing uh, Brazil on Friday, 23rd of September,
3: in uh, Le Havre, uh, Stade Oceania. So they have pitched their camp now. Yesterday the training session was very fabulous. All the 28 players being invited to the camp, everybody was there. And also the most pleasant thing is the Ghanians around because they are there in their numbers to support their team. And it's really, really, really very nice to see the way the Ghanians are rallying behind the Ghana Blasters.
2: Uh, have you heard about any injuries?
3: So far, there's no injury, but there is very high spirits, or in the Blasters camp because, you know. We have six new players who have just joined the team. And it's going to be their first time playing for the Ghana Blasters. And really, uh, they are with very high spirit. no injuries so far, and everything is going as being planned.
2: Dominic, how do you assess the standards of the invited players as you have been monitoring them in their various European League games?
3: You know, all these players are courage in form. None of them is being on the bench. They are very carried you know, I've been monitoring them all around, and each of them is playing over 70 minutes of their games. And most of them also are playing the full time 90 minutes. So it means these players are
2: really on top four. And I hope they will help the team very much. The venue, study OCEAN, can you tell us a bit about it?
3: It's a very nice team of about almost 26,000 seat capacity. The most beautiful aspect of it is the bluish uh, roofing, you know, the ocean is blue, so they, they made the roofing also very, 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 very nice. Um, this is the second time the Ghana Blasters are going to play there because the first time they played it was against in Senegal, uh, where the Ghana Blasters lost, I think, uh, 2 1 uh, to Senegal. So, this uh, is going to be a state of being known to the Ghana Blasters, especially today are you and the brother and amati
2: do you think the match will attract spectators, I mean the supporters and fans? Of course, France is in the center of Europe. Would they troop to the Stade Ocean to witness the game?
3: The last time when the Blasters play against uh, Senegal, you know, uh, Stade Ocean is a city just like Tema, but it is very, a little bit far from where most Ghanaians are dwelling. Uh, you know, most Ghanaians are marching in Paris, uh, Toulouse, uh, Monaco leave and it is very also very far so i think some of the Ghanaians will come back it it shouldn't be like maybe if the match was played in paris but because of brazil so other nationals will love to go to the stadium and watch brazil and the brazilian spirit will attract more africans and more spectators to the stadium
2: okay dominic and uh, your
1: prediction
3: i reserve my comments because uh the best team can carry the day. it's true brazil have some names neyman and uh but you know football the three hundred and sixty five degree second fresh leather has no logic mm-hmm. and the best team of the day can win can carry the day so I cannot say Ghana Blasters yeah I wish the blasters win but you never know this is football because both teams they all have the same tactical play they all have their tic tac they don't play like before you know Ghana, Ghana is being named as pricey of Africa. So you have to know the type of football, the flair, the tic-tac, and you know, and the interposition changes. As Blaster will be playing, it's almost the same as Brizel. So it's going to be a very tactical play, and I hope it's going to be one of the best games of the Ghana Blasters and Brizel.
1: That's Ghanaian football reporter Dominique Dungo. And Dominique spoke with Quabana Quicksilver Ofori on the telephone from Le Hove, France. Dominique mentioned how six new players have joined the Black Stars. One of them is athletic Bilbao striker Inyaki Williams, who is expected to make his Ghana debut on Friday. From Accra. Fusu Larbi tells us more about the 28-year-old Spain-born Williams.
4: Williams had been on Ghana's radar for a very long time. He says he feels Ghanaian now more than ever.
5: It's beautiful uh, playing with Spain, and uh, I have uh, all my all my life in Spain. But uh, I don't forget uh, Ghana country. Uh, Ghana country is special for me because my parents is here, my family is here. Uh, uh, my 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 blood is here. I don't forget uh, Ghana people and Ghana country.
4: The news of Williams joining the Black Stars has stirred up a level of excitement amongst fans here. Many claim he is the saviour. But what does the man think of himself?
5: When I listen this, I is is very happy for me. Uh, I smile. This moment is coming. Uh, I'm going to work hard. Uh, 100% to put the the flag in in, in the sky. I I'm, I'm going to, to do everything for for Black Star and, and all the all the people is is smile with, with me. There have been
4: the naysayers though. The ones who simply believe the team that qualified Ghana should play there and are thereby against the influx of players in the diaspora into the national team. Can Iñaki Williams handle the pressure of playing for one of Africa's most demanding football fan bases? The
5: pressure is is part of football. I know uh, uh, I have uh, 300 uh, games in in Spain and uh, the pressure is is good for me. I have pressure all the Sunday when I play in in Bilbao and and I enjoy the football. Uh, Football is uh, kids play and I'm uh, enjoying all, all the all the Sunday and me is going to Black Star, I'm going to to enjoy but because this uh, t-shirt is, is very important for for me and for all my, my teammates. Represent all 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 the people. All the people uh, all the kids uh, have dream is uh, go to Black Stars and when I have the opportunity, I'm going to work hard to to the children, uh, uh, see me on TV and say, wow, Iñaki Williams is playing Black Stars.
4: The World Cup draw pitted Ghana in a group with Uruguay, South Korea and Portugal. It is one of the toughest groups at the tournament. Ghana's coach Otoadu has said the team will go in there to try. Iñaki Williams agrees.
5: I think uh, 11 versus 11 uh, uh, football uh, uh, is a is a game. Uh, everything is, uh, is going to to do. Uh, it's a difficult difficult group, uh, uh, but I'm going to. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's not, not easy, but uh, it's going to to do everything to qualify the next round.
4: Inaki Williams may not ultimately be a solution to a lack of goals, a lack of trophies, and a drop from Africa's high table, but it certainly gives the fans something to smile about, at least for now. For the sunny side of sports, this is Yaufusilabi in Accra.
1: VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to The Sunny Side of Sports on The Voice of America. Follow The Sunny Side of Sports on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is Facebook.com forward slash voa sunny and my twitter handle is at voa sunny sports if you go to my facebook page on this thursday you'll see a photo of athletic bilbao striker Inaki williams who we heard from earlier in the show. Check out your favorite VOA programs, including the sunny side of sports, at voaafrica.com. And for world news go to voanews.com Turning to tennis the retiring Roger Federer is the star attraction at the Labour Cup team tournament in London, which begins Friday. The 41-year-old Federer has announced the three-day Laver Cup will be the last event of his memorable career. Craig Gabriel reports from London. Tennis has seen high-profile retirements from the sport this year, Ash Barty, Serena
0: Williams, and now Roger Federer. In London on the eve of the Laver Cup, an event Federer had a hand in developing, he opened up about his decision and what's immediately next for him. It's been a tough couple of years for the great one. He so hoped he would see through his career without major injuries or surgeries, and he was going through pretty well with that, but then in 2016, his wish began to unravel. He made a successful comeback, but then the last couple of years has been distressing for him.
6: I guess I was also getting more tired, as you have to put in more effort into it, um, to be able to sort of believe that it was going to turn around. He started getting quite pessimistic, and then I got a scam back, which also wasn't... uh, What I wanted to be, and um, at some point you sit down and go, okay, well, then this is we're at an intersection here, uh, at a crossroad, and you have to take a turn. You know, which way is it? And I was not willing to go into the direction of um, let's risk it all. I'm not, uh, I'm not ready for that. I always said that was never my goal. Um, I can't believe if I look back at the last few years that I went through the surgeries that I had to go through. For me, it was always clear that I was gonna end my career with no surgeries you know um before 2016 and even 16 was a tough year uh, getting back from it so any suggestions there from my side would be don't don't have surgery if you don't have to and just know take the necessary time to come back because it is uh, it is brutal um i think tennis is a tough sport to to bounce back into because you have to be able to play long matches five matches in a row um every week different continents different surfaces there's no substitute for you So um, obviously mentally you need to know You have to be able to get all the way back there And it's hard But uh, um, And then maybe the hardest part After that one point Of course you're sad in the very moment When you realize okay this is the end he said
0: it was bittersweet, but now is accepting the decision. For so many, he's the real goat. He set the bar for others to chase, and while he no longer holds the record for being number one and he doesn't hold the record for the most majors, but that doesn't matter to him.
6: I'm definitely very proud and I'm very happy where I sit.
0: He said he's happy with this decision to retire and he doesn't want it to be a funeral, but a celebration and fun. This weekend in London, in his last event, the Lever Cup, he'll play one doubles, likely teaming with Rafa Nadal.
6: I mean, I think it could be quite a, I don't know, a unique um, situation, you know, that um, if it were to happen that uh, for as long as we um, battled together to um, having had always this um, respect for one another, the families, our coaching teams, we always got along really well and um, for us as well to go through a career that we both have had, and to come out on the other side and being able to um, have a nice relationship, I think, is... uh, um It's maybe a great message as well to not just tennis, but sports, but maybe even beyond.
0: His CV is truly spectacular, and when asked if he was able to pinpoint a particular highlight, he found it difficult. He touched on his first Wimbledon, his then record-breaking 15th major also at Wimbledon, his comeback at the Australian Open, winning the French in 2009.
6: Yeah, it's funny. I haven't really gone into deep diving, thinking about what are those moments, you know, but I know there's a lot of different little nuggets. I'm sure that I have to really go back to the memory bank a little bit and think, like, OK, where moments that meant a lot to me? I'm fortunate that I, I can almost pick and choose which moments were the best because there were so many.
0: He said he'll stay in tennis and is not going to be a ghost. Craig Gabriel at the Lever Cup for VOA Sports.
6: Hello, I'm Carol Castiel.
4: Ukraine appears to be turning the tide of war against Moscow, which launched an unlawful invasion of that sovereign country in February. As Ukraine gains the upper hand by chasing Russian troops from the east and uncovering evidence of torture and mass graves, what is Putin's game plan now? As Russia shows signs of disarray, we elicit insights from Andrea Kendall-Taylor and Will Pomerantz. Russia's war on Ukraine. That's Encounter this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America.
1: Go beyond the daily headlines with VoA's Flashpoint Ukraine. Each weekday, join us as we put the latest developments into a global context with stories, interviews, and analysis. Listen online at Voanews.com slash flashpoint or in your favorite podcast player.
7: Hello, listeners. My name is David Temong, the Paralympic silver medal 2016, gold 2017, bronze 2020, Tokyo Japan. You are listening to sunny side of sport on the voice of America.
1: Thanks, David. In professional golf. The President's Cup team tournament is teeing off on this Thursday in the southern U.S. city of Charlotte, North Carolina. The competition has a 12-player USA team taking on a 12-player international team.
8: George McNeely has more details for us from Charlotte. Team USA features five of the top ten players in golf's official world rankings, and nine of the 12 are ranked in the top 15, the most ever on a single President's Cup squad. Still, American Vice Captain Fred Couples is first to remind everyone here that there are four days of golf to be played, and no one intends to concede anything. This is being shown all over the world, so if you're KH, Lee... Or Siwoo Kim and your Trevor Emmerman leading your team,
1: he's gonna lead them to the best of their abilities just like our leader Davis is gonna lead our twelve guy.
8: The international team features seven first time members and one player, Adam Scott, making his tenth appearance.
9: It's been frustrating a lot. The close calls really sting. The the couple times we've really been thumped is very, very frustrating and um You know, I think in saying all that, I'm the only one carrying any real baggage into this one.
8: Scott's never been part of a winning President's Cup team, a fact that has not eluded Vice Captain and fellow Australian Jeff Ogilvie.
0: He was starting in the era with Nick Price and VJ and Norman, and he's all the way through here to this team, which is an incredibly, I mean, it's just two really big generations, and he's gone through. He just wants to win it for everybody that... It's like he wants to win it for everybody who never got a chance to win one.
8: History is clearly on the side of the Americans. Winners of 11 of the last 13 President's Cup, losing only once and tying another time. Many of the same players on Team USA were on Steve Stricker's Ryder Cup squad, which hammered the Europeans 19 to 9 at whistling straights one year ago.
1: You know, over a course of 18 holes, anybody can beat anybody at this level. The international team is a very good team um, our guys are ready they're excited to play they're working hard at it and I don't think there's uh, there's not one of them that isn't taking this very very seriously and and that's been Davis's you know approach to this and and uh, messaging that uh, we can't just think we can show up and win this thing we got to go out and play well and and take care of business
8: Still assistant captain Steve Stricker knows how heavily favored the Americans are to prevail this week here on Quail Hollow in the 14th President's Cup. For the sunny side of sports, I'm George McNeely in Charlotte, North Carolina. Thanks, George. Now
1: let's go to Germany, where the energetic Andy Edwards caught up with one of the top American runners in Sunday's Berlin Marathon. Here's Andy.
9: Well, Kira Demato has really been making a, a name for herself, uh, American record holder for the Women's Marathon, 219 performer, and if I may say so, Kira, at um, a fairly mature age. So you, you've, you've come good, like a fine wine. Like a- We're talking in Berlin, um, where on Sunday you'll be racing uh, the marathon there, or here, for the first time. So uh, how's it been going into this race? Of course, you you ran in Eugene, the World Championships, and did well there earlier uh, in the summer in July.
7: Yeah, it's been going really well. Training's been going really smooth. I've had really consistent training. My races have been kind of improving race to race. So I'm really excited going into Sunday. You couldn't really... I couldn't ask for a more perfect build-up. Yeah, the the World Championships was a little bit of a surprise. I was the alternate on the team and pulled in a couple of weeks before. So um, I didn't quite have that marathon build and the marathon training, but I think that started off my marathon training into Berlin on a really good note.
9: It's interesting, these days some people, I know this is at the very highest level, like Kenanisa Bekele sometimes has had less than what we all growing up read in the the coaching books about how long you need to prepare for a marathon but for you what's the optimum period?
7: 12 to 16 weeks build up is is pretty ideal for me Um, and that's coming with the base into it so I usually alternate between like speed um, seasons and strength seasons and i find building upon a speed season with a like marathon strength session really helps me get into the flow of things so earlier this spring i was working on my 5k and 10k speed um, and then i kind of 12 to 16 weeks from there build up on the marathon
9: At the age of 37, did you expect to be at this level? Well, American record holder, 2 hours 19. I mean, there are a lot of distinguished runners who have gone before you have not run as fast. Did you expect to be at this level? Uh,
7: Simply no. Uh, But I think with age also comes maturity and patience. And um, in almost... I don't know how many more of these shots I have. So there's kind of an urgency um to racing that every time i get the opportunity to step onto the starting line i'm going to make the most of it um but then also you know being a mother that keeps everything in perspective so the results of sunday's race isn't going to change how i am as a mother and i think that really grounds me and it really allows me to go in risk-free and really go for it which is a powerful thing
9: interesting you talk about being a mother well it's not something i can talk about but i remember years ago ingrid christensen you know great runner from norway she mentioned that, and and other women have mentioned it, um, about having something else to think about. Uh, let's look at Berlin. I mean, are you someone who studies the course? Do you go over it in the couple of days before the race, or will you just take it as it comes?
7: I like being very course aware. So there is a course tour. I plan on doing that. I ran it before in 2019. So visually, I can kind of picture where I'm at. But I like to know, you know, expect the turns, what to look for, and especially those cues when you're at, you know, 20 miles in, um, when you have 2K to go, 1K to go. I kind of like just feeling what I'm going to feel and just getting those kind of... um, markers of how when to make moves and when to you know just get excited
9: from your experience in 2019 racing here did you see or feel why it's a world record course
7: oh absolutely it's pancake flat which is just beautiful and coming um i kind of grew up as a track runner so for me this feels like a track race just a lot longer than a track race um so it is it is a very fast course to run fast on
1: kira all the best Thank you. That's Kira D'Amato, the American women's record holder in the marathon. And Kira was talking with the energetic Andy Edwards in Berlin, Germany. World Athletics has officially ratified the women's 100 meters hurdles world record of 12.12 seconds set by Nigeria's Toby Amusan. For reaction, Iron Mike Mbonye contacted the head of media for the Athletics Federation of Nigeria Dare Esan.
2: It is great to know that what athletics have ratified the 12.12 seconds that will be almost around at the World Championship in Oregon in July. I mean, that's a world record. That's the first by Nigerian in the history of the championship, and um, it's actually procedural, really, because whenever a world record is set, World Athletics will have to ratify at some point because they don't ratify immediately. You know, they have to put up parameters in motion and. Uh, See if it actually meets the standard. And uh, this is gratifying for one particular reason. You remember the controversy that trailed that war record run by Toby, by no less a person than Michael Johnson, the double Olympic champion in Atlanta, 200 and 400 met- over the 200 and 400 meters uh, events. Uh, it was querying the time that maybe the, the, the electronic timer malfunctioned. So, for what I led it to have taken that into consideration, because they must have really and have now come out with the final ratification, I think it is gratifying. World Athletics' governing body has also ranked some Nigerian athletes. Can you tell us who they are and their areas of specialization? Yes, a number of Nigerian athletes have been ranked, and like the first one I answered, it's also procedural, really, because this is a weekly ranking by World Athletics. They still come up with a final ranking, that's the world ranking for the year, that for now, it's still weekly because in some parts of the world, they are just getting to their summer, so there will be some athletic events, so they have to wait till the end of the year before they can do whatever ranking they need to do. So, but the weekly ranking they are doing, Toby has jumped to number five in the world, that's in the overall women ranking, because she still ranked the best in the under in of the Who else will rank the best other than the world champion and world record holder? Uh, it's a boomer, is ranked 61st in the overall women ranking, those are the only two Nigerian women in the world women ranking, but in the in the long jump, she's ranked third behind the reigning world and Olympic champion, uh, Mihamba Malaika of Germany, and the Serbian girl, Vuleta, Ivan Vuleta. the girl that won the world indoor, that denied Toby the chance to win gold at the world indoor. Actually, the two people ran above uh SRA, that the people that ranked above say are the people who denied that the opportunity to win gold at both the indoor and the outdoor championships very interesting then um, a number of them also ranked in their particular events they didn't make it to the to the overall that they ranked in their particular events i can remember some years past that's it was in the diamond league era really in 1998, falida to was ranked joint fourth in the overall women category that's the overall women category for a year, not even the wiki. So we are hoping that because there will be no events for Toby and most of those who are above are now, I think Toby will likely end up as the fifth best in the world because there are no major championships. because they also put that into consideration. You don't just run in any mushroom meet and you think you'll be ranked. You have to also run in a major championship. So I believe be will be ranked fourth. So that means she will be the second Nigerian candidate to be ranked as high as that at the end of the year after Falila Togunkoya in 1990. I remember Falila the uh, gold. it was Golden League here the, won the Golden League uh, title at the final in, in Moscow. I think she was first in the 400 meters or those at the World Cup in Athletics in South Africa. I think it was, a, it was a particularly good year, good year for her. In fact, for Nigeria, because we had the Nigeria one and two in the 400 meters ranking at the end of the year. So this time around, we are not having a Nigeria one and two in any event. But we have Toby and Brume in different events that are representing us very, 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 very well. Barry, some sports analysts believe the year has been an eventful one for Nigerian athletics. What's your take? Automatically, if you're talking about having the best season in sports, I think this is one of the best seasons that we've ever had. If not the best, because we've never produced a world champion in athletics. And if you're talking about athletics, one of the top three, four, five sports that people recognize in Nigeria. We don't play rugby. We don't play. We play rugby, but not at that elite level. That's why I say we don't play rugby. We don't do cricket. But when it comes to football, athletics, we've never produced a world champion at the senior level in football. Maybe Olympic, but that's not senior level because it's under 23. So in, 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 in at this real senior level, this is the first time we are having a world champion in a major sport to Nigerians. So I think it's one of the best seasons that we've ever had.
1: That's Dore Essan, the head of media for the Athletics Federation of Nigeria. And he spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Lagos, Nigeria. And that wraps up the September 22nd edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. I get it. And that's the sunny side of sports.